The final draft of the Forsyth Park Master Plan is officially on file with the City of Savannah. Action may be a long time in coming, though. Savannah Morning News journalists Katie Nussbaum and Zoe Nicholson unpack the recommended improvements to the park and share insights from various stakeholders on this edition of the Commute Podcast. From savannahnow.com, this is the Commute Podcast presented by National Office Systems. I'm Adam Van Bremer, opinion columnist and a deputy editor at the Savannah Morning News and the host of this twice-weekly podcast focused on news and happenings in and around Savannah. Today is Tuesday, June the 21st. A private organization, the Trustees Garden Club, recently filed a 299-page report with the City of Savannah meant to serve as a roadmap, actually a master plan, for the future of Forsyth Park. We dig into that document and those involved in it on this episode. But first, a word about our sponsor, National Office Systems. Regular listeners know all about National Office Systems by now. They've been the commute's benefactor since the start, and they've been in business since the 1980s. In the early days, National Office Systems was the last office outfitter in the country to carry office furniture from both of the industry's leaders, Herman Miller and Knoll. Now, a couple of decades later, those furniture companies are collaborating on a new product line, and National Office Systems is one of the first to offer Miller Knoll furniture. In addition to Miller Knoll, National Office Systems remains the leader in the office design and outfitting sector, offering dirt modular interiors, OFS furniture, and 200 other product lines. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. One more time, that's www.natoffsys.com. Now, here's an analysis of Forsyth Park's future with reporters Katie Nussbaum and Zoe Nicholson. Joined on the commute today by two Savannah Morning News journalists, Katie Nussbaum and Zoe Nicholson, who were part of the team that wrote about the Forsyth Park Master Plan. That series of stories went up last week. And I think a lot of people have been following Forsyth for a long time. So to have this final draft of the plan and then to kind of unpack it the way that the journalists did, Zoe and, and Katie and Will Peebles as well, to cover who is a Trustees Gardens Club, who who is who is for them or against them in the neighborhood. How did they go about their business? What does the final plan say? Um, is there a possibility of a conservancy down the road? We kind of took it from a lot of different angles, and I think it, they did a pretty good comprehensive job laying out what was there. So we're going to go through some of that stuff in this discussion today, but I want to start with, with Katie. And so we had requested this master plan. It comes across at 299 pages. I think we anticipated it was going to be uh, meaty and, and well done, professionally done. But as you started to, to read through it, and I know it was not a light read, what were some of the things that jumped off your page, especially knowing what you knew from the earlier drafts that looked quite a bit different? Right. So I think for me, um, most of the the changes appear to be in the South End. And I think that's um, kind of where they've concentrated um, all of the, the new gardens. There's new restroom facilities proposed down there. So it seemed like they kind of took a focus to that. Um, the north end of the park with the fountain, it's relatively untouched except for you know lighting upgrades and kind of maintenance issues like that. So it all kind of appeared to be focused more on uh, on the south end in the middle. Did you get the sense that, that they almost see the park as, as two parks? And that's not a new concept. We've talked about that a long time is the north end is more of the, 
the artistic, the pretty, the photo part. The south end is the more utilitarian part with the open fields and the tennis courts and the basketball courts and the and the band shell. Did, did you kind of get the sense that they had the same kind of outlook on it as they were trying to piece it all together? I would say so. Um, yeah, I, I think, and two, I think they heard a lot from the community about, you know, changes to the North end and they kind of wanted to maybe stay away from that and just preserve and, you know, preserve the tree canopy and, and just kind of better what is already there. Right. Bathrooms on the South end, I think is, is key. I'm sure some of the businesses neighboring businesses, some of them have not been happy with Forsyth Park Master Plan, but the whole idea that there's going to be bathrooms on the south end and maybe kind of cuts down some of the traffic in their businesses right. <laughs> might be a, a key factor. When, when you look at that south end and they're talking about moving a basketball court, putting in a playground down there, building some bathrooms, they're going to leave the parking and the tennis courts intact. Uh, did the fact that they kind of backed off on a lot of the other things they wanted to do surprise you or were you surprised that they still kind of pushed as hard as they did with uh, on that end of the park? I don't think I was surprised. I think, you know, when we saw one of the draft plans, there were two parking lots proposed, which right off the bat, I didn't think that was going to work. And that was one major thing that people were not in favor of, you know, adding more concrete to a green space. Um, so I, I wasn't too surprised with the changes on the South end. I think they kind of did a good job at balancing out what's already there and what they want to bring in. And certainly the restroom facilities is something that I've heard numerous people talk about. There's a want, there's a need. Um, so I think that that, you know, all things considered would be a good addition. Zoe, a big part of the work you did was to talk to not only the Trustees Gardens Club members and leadership who helped craft this report, but also the the neighbors and the folks that live in the area. And of course, when the initial drafts came out last year, there was a there was quite frankly an uproar over some of the proposed changes. As you talked to them about kind of this final draft, and I don't know how much they knew about the final draft, but I'm, I'm assuming they knew that the play the plans have been scaled back to a certain extent. What were some of the things you heard from? From the, from the neighbors, the people that are going to be the most directly impacted by any kind of potential changes to the park? Yeah, I would say the, the major thing is that it really depended on who you ask. Mm -hmm. um, because this was such a community-involved process, you got every sort of type of opinion. And because Forsyth Park is so beloved and widely used, I think everyone has very strong opinions because they know and they understand what the park um, is and what they need out of the park. But, um, you know, one thing I would say after that first draft plan, which came out, you know, last summer, um, the community involvement process changed a lot too. And it changed to involve some of those neighborhood associations like the Victorian Neighborhood Association, some of those changes. And so, uh, it was scaled back, but um, I know one thing that when I talked to Ryan Madsen, the president of the VNA, he said uh, they still were unhappy with not being able to see kind of the nitty gritty of the plan before it was presented to the city. That included things like the maintenance schedules, lighting upgrades, or uh, probably the number one most important thing in the plan, which was uh, how to protect the tree canopy. And um those were things that aren't really presented on these overview maps that were released as the project plans to the public and um, are really just in that final master plan. Um, but I would say, you know, other than that, it really, the other big button issue was where to put bike lanes or whether to put bike lanes within the park or whether to put them on 
um, you know, the, the adjacent streets. And um, that is something that it, you know, the plan doesn't even touch at the end of the day because it was kind of a non-starter for the city. So some of the most controversial things like the bike lanes and the what to do with the Confederate statue don't even wind up in the plan. Right. We'll be right back. Pardon the interruption, but I need to do a public service announcement regarding the Savannah Morning News. I know a lot of readers out there consume our news content in the print edition. Thank you. We love you for it. Keep doing it. But we'd also like to encourage you to take a moment, go to your computer or cell phone, and join our communities there. At savannahnow.com, you can activate the digital side of your subscription by logging in through the link at the top right-hand corner of the homepage. And on mobile, you can download our app, log in, and have access, including notifications, to all of our content. Again, access to those platforms are included in your print subscription price, so take advantage today. Now, back to the discussion about Forsyth Park's future. So you talk to the neighbors, you also talk to the, the leadership or, or some of the leadership of the Trustees Garden Club, which is, it's, I don't want to call it a secret society or anything, but it's certainly a, a club, that, an organization that values its privacy. As you started to make some inroads there and get to know a little bit about them, I, I, I do think that their motives are very pure. I think they really mm-hmm. care about the park and they've done a lot of good work in a lot of other places. But as you started to get to know them and, and get some insights from them, what were some of the takeaways you had from from who they are and what they're trying to do? Yeah, um, I think one thing that surprised me was, you know, I don't think a project of this scale, you know, that they were undertaking, I don't think that is out of the realm of this club. Mm-hmm. It's They're about to celebrate their 100th anniversary, and they've been doing projects of this scope for... 70 years, you know, they started with the Bethesda Boys Academy. They planted thousands of plants and trees there. They, um, you know, were in charge of the entire Emmett Park restoration, which is what most tourists see when they walk along Bay Street um, and uh, the Colonial Park um, renovations, which they did, I want to say back in the 60s or 70s, and they still maintain that um, to this day. So this is, you know, kind of one of those big, they call it a legacy project that I think every generation of club leadership likes to do, kind of be a stewardship project to provide to the city. And yeah, I think Forsyth Park was just kind of a, an obvious one. And they saw it with the needs that they had of the Freyrick Garden, which is in the old dummy fort. And they've been maintaining that for years, but you know they could see issues there with lighting and the walkways because they're out there maintaining it. And so they said it was, it was kind of harder to see um, issues of kind of the degradation of the upkeep of the park, which was kind of what led them to this project. Yeah, it's yeah, certainly ambitious and a big project to take on. And, and we applaud them for that, for sure. Um, another piece of this, and, and Will Peebles, of course, took this on, was the whole idea of, of a park conservancy. We see park conservancies elsewhere in, in America from some of the most well-known parks, such as Central Park, to to here in the state with with Piedmont Park, of course, the the Trustees Garden Club was asked earlier in the process. Do you see eventually maybe starting a, a conservancy, a private public uh, partnership, in order to basically maintain the operations of the park and and to help 
supplement what the city is doing. Was there much discussion of that in your discussions with them with this more recent work? And if so, do you, where do you see that? Where do you anticipate that going? Yeah. Um, so in speaking with Meb Ryan, who's one of the co-chairs of the Friends of Forsyth Committee, which the Trustees Garden Club set up to be kind of the public facing arm of this project. Um, you know, she said that the Friends of Forsyth brand is going to be kept very much alive. And they hope that a lot of the work that is in this master plan, including maintenance schedules, long-term care, long-term projects will kind of serve as a basis and a framework for a conservancy, but it's not something that, uh, at least from the discussions that I had, that I feel like they were going to be taking on in the near future. Um, it seemed like something that they were hoping their work with this project would help start the conversation. Uh, Katie, back to the city side, it's $16 million price tag to do all of these things. I know what kind of, um, I, I've taken the temperature down there and I, I don't think it's all that warm for this kind of thing, what from talking to Heath Lloyd and, and of course your relationships with uh, the elected officials down there, where do you, what is, what is your sense of what their take is on this? And are we going to see this any or all of this implemented anytime soon? Yeah. Um, so I think one of the main takeaways from my conversation with, with Heath Lloyd, who's the assistant city manager is that at this point, there's no timeline. Um, they're still reviewing it, you know, and, and it will be fully up to city council whenever it gets to city council um, to decide what works, what doesn't work. So they definitely have options. Um, and he, he was very much drove home the point of if they don't adopt it, it's still valuable. It still serves as a framework for the future of the park. And there's, there's still a ton of value in it, um, especially from all of the community feedback that they've gotten over the last several years. We want to be clear here is the way this works a lot of times is something like this is, is given to the city. The city eventually, the city staff decides to put it on a workshop agenda first, where it is presented to council and they start to get some initial conversations going. At this point, it's not on any agenda. And this city council is kind of operating, or that may, maybe it's more the city manager's operating about once a month. He likes to, whatever the theme of the month is, that's what he likes to roll out in workshops so they can focus on that. We're not looking at this, certainly not looking at this thing in June, probably not looking at it in July. So when you say there's no timeline, there's literally no time. They haven't given you any indication on when this could be. Right. At. Yeah. You know, I, I was told pretty point blank, like no, no timeline at this point. They're still working through it. I think having conversations with friends of Forsyth about, um, you know, the different aspects of it. And I think city council already has workshops planned for the rest of the year. They pre-plan those, but um, I suppose it could sneak up at some point, but right now I don't see that happening in the near future. Yeah. Something tells me that this will pop up at, at some point, probably when we least expect it, but uh, uh, we will see when that is. Um, thank you both for your work. Uh, the package is really well done. For those of you listening, if you haven't seen the package, go to savannahnow.com. Uh, if you don't see it on the homepage, go to the little magnifying glass, put in Forsyth Park Master Plan, and it will. you could read to your heart's content both the current work and the work previously. But Zoe and Katie, thanks so much for, for joining the commute today. Thank you. That's all for the Tuesday Commute Podcast. Thanks one last time to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. Before I sign off, remember that we publish new commute episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. 
Whatever your interests, you will find interviews of interest in our archives. Search The Commute with that Savannah Opinion on your favorite podcast app. The Commute returns on Thursday, and we'll talk to you then. Mm-hmm.